Welcome to the Africana Magazine News Podcast. I'm your host, Eugene Brown. Africana Magazine News presents at cousins you'll be able to create your own brand self well I must honestly confess that the president hasn't done all that he could do and that we would like to see him do in the area of civil rights Uh, I don't want to be unfair in my criticism I want to say on one hand that the president has done some significant things in civil rights. And uh, I think he is basically a man of genuine goodwill uh, who wants to do the right thing. And I could point to some of the things that he's done that uh, have been helpful. On the other hand, President Kennedy has not yet given the leadership that the enormity of the problem demands. He has failed to live up to his campaign promises Uh, He has not uh, gone on record calling for any meaningful civil rights legislation up to now, and if he does uh, in the coming days, uh, we will welcome this, but uh, uh, he has not done it in the past. And, of course, uh, there is still the need to use the power of moral persuasion Uh, to a greater degree than he has in the past. This is one area where the president has has not moved with with a great sense of urgency. Why has he Uh, hedged, do you think? Political considerations? Southern votes? uh, I think it, it boils down to a fear of arousing the ire of Southern congressmen, many of whom hold the leadership in basic and important committees in Congress. And uh, it may be that the president feels that uh, his other legislative program can't get through if he uh, makes these senators and congressmen too angry on the civil rights issue. Uh, My position has been that uh, this issue is a basic moral issue, I mean the civil rights issue, and that... uh, Many of the Southerners are going to take a stand against the president's legislative program, I mean, other phases of his legislative program anyway. And it is better to go down taking a strong moral position than to lose out when you have hedged on a basic moral principle. And uh, I think this is a choice before the president. He must uh, start now making moral decisions rather than purely political decisions. And I think in the final analysis, uh, he will be supported in the country. It's very seldom that an individual in, in the political world has an opportunity to do that which is morally right and politically expedient uh, simultaneously. But I think this is one issue uh, that is morally right on the one hand, and politically expedient on the other. I think the president will discover that if he took a forthright, courageous stand on this issue, 
he would get great support from from people all over the country, particularly in the big industrial urban areas of the North and the West, that in the final analysis uh, will elect the president. Dr. King, will the coming showdown between Governor Wallace and the federal government on the admission of the two Negro students to the University of Alabama, in your view, will that lead to new violence in Alabama? There are a thousand troops stationed there. The Negro community probably awaits the event. If Governor Wallace were to do a Governor Barnett act and attempt yeah. to prevent the entry himself physically with his troops, would that lead to an outbreak of new violence? Well, I think there is this danger. There's a real possibility. Now, in recent days, Governor Wallace has backed up a bit and uh, he has gone on television calling for uh, nonviolence and calling for peace and orderliness. And uh, how much influence this will have, I, I don't know. I, I feel now that Governor Wallace has been under so much pressure from the political power structure of the state, the economic power structure, the business leaders, and uh, the ecclesiastical power structure. The ministers from all over have said to Governor Wallace, this is the wrong course of action, the attorney general of the state, the lieutenant governor. And I think he's been under so much pressure that uh, he may change his course of action and try to follow through on some token political promise that he made, yet at the same time try to keep violence from erupting. Uh, if this happens, it may, it may be possible to prevent violence. On the other hand, if uh, the governor over the next few days persists in his determination to stand in the door and place the troops, the state troopers of Alabama over against uh, the, uh, trying to block the entrance of the Negro students, and then the showdown comes between the state and the federal government, there is a danger that the violent forces of the state will uh, become so aroused that they will resort to violence and will unconsciously and consciously feel that they are aided and abetted by Governor Wallace in, in all that they are doing. So it's uh, difficult to say. I think we must realize that it, it, it's a dangerous situation, and Governor Wallace has done a grave injustice not only to Alabama but to the whole nation by embarking on such an irresponsible course of action. Dr. King, has the pressure of events and the uh, frustration of the Negro in seeking his rights made your philosophy, your doctrine of nonviolence, more difficult to, uh, to preach effectively? Uh, are you, within your own people, is there now a militancy that is um, damaging your your theology of nonviolence? Well, at this point, I don't think so. Uh, I must make it clear that <coughs> I, I don't advocate a weak and uh, a, a sort of uh, complacent nonviolence. Uh, I advocate a militant nonviolence, a, 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 a movement that moves on, a, a resistance movement that does resist but it does it nonviolently. Now, I am as impatient as anybody about the slow pace of the desegregation process, 
And I feel that uh, we've got to move on in a very vigorous, forthright, and uh, determined manner. Uh, my only insistence is that it would be both impractical and immoral to try to make violence uh, our major thrust, or to try to make violence a method that we will use to get to the goal of integration. And I, I, as I said, I think it's just downright impractical, even if one doesn't take uh, the moral questions under consideration. Now, it is true that uh, because of uh, the failure of the forces of goodwill to rally around the democratic ideal and the whole process of integration, uh, many people in the Negro community have become uh, so impatient that they've become bitter. And it is more difficult to uh, get over, uh, in a situation like this, the, the philosophy of nonviolence. It makes the job much more difficult. When we are moving on and people see this creative outlet, uh, it's easier for them to remain true to the nonviolent creed. But uh, when things are slow, and even those who are leaders in the nonviolent movement are considered rabble-rousers and agitators, uh, then it does make the job much more difficult to, to get this philosophy over. And uh, I would be the first one to admit that uh, with, the, with the growth of the movement and with it rising to such astronomical proportions in terms of numbers, and with all of the communities that are now rising up, it means that we're going to have to uh, spend more times, uh, time and get more hands to help us work in these communities so that we will be sure that uh, at least we're trying to get over the meaning of the whole philosophy of nonviolence. Um, what was your reaction to the reported uh, uh, reaction of Attorney General Kennedy at the meeting with Mr. Baldwin. The reports were in the New York Times and other reliable papers that the Attorney General was stunned uh, at the extent of militancy, anger, and impatience that he found among these Negro artists. The, was this an ingenuous reaction? Had he so misread the temper of the American Negro? Well, I think this is a, a real possibility, and I think many white people of goodwill, uh, many who are even fairly close to the Negro community, fail to realize the seriousness of this problem and, and the, the, the mood of the Negro, the, the impatience and the, the discontent of the Negro. I think that... Uh, many people fail to see this, and it isn't that they are not people of goodwill. On the whole, they understand the depths and dimensions of the problem, but uh, they just haven't been able to see uh, this new determination on the part of the Negro, and the new determination itself has grown out of this uh, impatience and this great discontent, so that I'm not surprised to... Uh, to, to know that some left with the conclusion that the Attorney General didn't realize this because I've seen others who, uh, who have been very concerned about the problem of racial injustice but somehow had not been able to, to understand or to see 
this uh, growing militancy uh, in the Negro community. Does the uh, reaction of the Northern and Western Negro uh, against de facto segregation in housing and lack of equal job opportunity contain the same elements of violence potential as w we are seeing in the South today? I think so, and some, uh, sometimes even more, uh, because uh, in the South, the, the system of segregation is legal and therefore overt, and it's easier to get at it points. Uh, it's out in the open, so you can tackle it legally, you can tackle it through uh, nonviolent demonstrations and other forces, and you can see pockets of progress here and there in the South. Uh, you can look back and say, well, a year ago I couldn't go to the lunch counters, but now we can go. A year ago I couldn't go in the hotels in this particular city, but now I can go. A year ago we could not go in the theaters, but now we can go. So you do see progress. Uh, at certain levels. It's just token progress, but it, it can be seen. Now, in the North, it's different. Since uh, segregation is not legal, uh, it has to be subtle. Uh, it has to be covert. And uh, because of the growing problems around this, often the Negro can only see retrogress. If he lives in a city like Detroit, he recognizes that he's about uh, 28 or 30 percent of the population and yet almost 70 percent of the unemployed. Uh, because of discrimination and the fact that Negroes have been limited to unskilled and semi-skilled labor, a force called automation comes into being, and these are the jobs that pass away so that uh, the Negroes are the ones who suffer most at this point in the large industrial areas of the North. And I think because of this unemployment, because of uh, the continued existence of the ghetto, uh, and these things are involved together, you see, the evils of employment discrimination and housing discrimination are caught together. If a man doesn't have enough money uh, to live, he certainly can't get adequate housing. And even if he has money, in so many instances, he can't get it. Is he ready and to march, to demonstrate, to... Uh, uh do the kind of thing that the Southern Negro has done? Is he at that point in your Oh, view? yes, I, I think so. I've been in several uh, northern communities recently, and uh, uh, I would say that the vast majority of Negroes in these communities uh, are so concerned about this issue and so uh, uh, frustrated about it that uh, they are willing now more than ever to take this issue uh, to the point of engaging in mass nonviolent demonstrations. In fact, uh, we've seen some of it in Philadelphia in, in recent days where they had uh, mass picketing and mass demonstrations. Some of it even erupted into violence. Now, uh, I think this is a real possibility in cities all over the North where the Negro is just caught up in the crippling shackles of frustration. You see Washington, D.C. as a particular danger point with Malcolm X having moved there, with the Negroes being the majority of the population, with job discrimination and ghettoizing being so deeply embedded in the nation's capital. Do you see Washington as a particular point of explosion? 
Well, this is, a, uh, this is a community that can explode, like many others. Uh, and I don't think it will only be because of Malcolm X moving there. My contention is that if we keep moving and uh, if we can uh, solve the problem by a continued working at it, uh, then Malcolm X and the Muslims won't have any influence. I don't think they've had uh, anywhere as near, I mean, as much influence as uh, many uh, would think. At points, this movement has been a sort of paper tiger. But I would, uh, I would say that these communities, like Washington, and Washington, as you say, is a majority Negro population, has a majority Negro population, these communities can explode into uh, a terrible racial nightmare if something isn't done. And I think it can be warded off by vigorous programs on the part of the federal government and on the part of local state governments. In other words, it will be determined uh, by the degree to which uh, the political leaders and other leaders will meet the problem head on. And Washington is a good example. Uh, if the leaders in Washington, backed up by the president, will see the dangerous possibilities and set out to deal with the problem of housing discrimination and employment discrimination, uh, and certainly the Negro confronts this in Washington and all over, uh, then there will be a ray of hope. Now, the president uh, is considering doing something about uh, eliminating discrimination in federal construction programs. Uh, this is just one level, but it, it does represent uh, some progress if he can get an executive order through on that. And uh, this will make new jobs for Negroes. And where you have uh, new jobs and the Negro sees that he's moving from the periphery of American society to the point of being involved and knowing that he has something to lose, uh, then he will he will not feel the need of uh, responding with violent reactions. My podcast is now available on Anchor FM, Google Podcast, and Spotify. It is also available on Breaker and Radio Public.